Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. I've got a good report about our brother Travis. He was moved from Milwaukee back up to Green Bay. And if if you're just tuning in, if you're a newer listener, um, he was in a a medically induced coma for a couple weeks. Well, then they didn't know if he was going to make it pancreatitis, issues with his heart and lungs. They thought he might need surgery. That's why they took him to Milwaukee. But now he's back in Green Bay. A report from his mom yesterday on Mother's Day. She was so blessed. It's baby steps. But he said he was a, he's off of the uh, respirator now. And he was able to get up out of bed, walk to the bathroom, and walk back. Now, that is a huge <laughs> development Um, In light of the fact that just 10 days ago, we were wondering, we were praying for a miracle of God to intervene and and for him to pull through. And he's only 27, if you haven't been following the story. And his mom's name is Melissa. So please keep Travis in your prayers. We're hoping uh, that this will continue these these just, I don't know, he just out of nowhere, he starts just responding to uh, the doctors and the therapy. So um, good report to kick off this week. Can't wait to get to Matt Truella, today's guest, talk about some really important issues, most of them relating to religious freedom and the things we never thought we'd have to deal with in the United States of America. Father in heaven, thank you for another day. Thank you for giving us this chance to talk about things that are important to believers in Christ, but also important for the church in America as well as our country. And Lord, forgive us for all those many, many years, decades, and longer that we've taken our freedoms for granted. We've taken our Constitution for granted, the law of the land, and we've forgotten you, God. We've forgotten that our Constitution is based on your laws. And we thank you, God, that we know the truth. We thank you for those who are listening right now, uh, most of which understand the times and know what we're dealing with and just want to be encouraged and informed. And, Father, help us to be salt and light that you called us to be and uh, do a miraculous change in the heart and soul of your church, your people who are called by your name. May we repent. And, Lord, use us, and may there be any, an awakening or revival of some kind, whatever that looks like, Lord. Um, may your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's guest we are blessed to have back with us, Pastor Matt Truella, Mercy Seat Christian Church in Milwaukee, founder of the pro-life organization Missionaries to the Preborn, author of the book The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate, which is doing very well, and I think it took the Rona, uh, a big virus and uh, uh, media malpractice and government intrusion to cause people to start going back to the basics. That's what we're going to talk about today with Pastor Matt. Brother, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Good to be with you again, David. Yep. God bless you. Thank you. Um, so we'll get to your book, which <laughs> it's it's funny because of the times we're living in and the threats to our freedoms and our threats to the church. More people are looking 
to the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. So we'll get to that in a minute. But I received an email from defytyrants.com over the weekend. And there's a new documentary. I don't know how new. I would love for you to tell us about it. It's, it's called The True Christian History of America. So you guys sent it out in your newsletter. Um, how did you come across this? I, I guess you are interviewed in this. Tell us the story. Yeah, I'm interviewed in this documentary. It's a, an astounding documentary. It's three hours long. I actually watched it in segments. <laughs> and I didn't know what to expect, David. But um, the um, Chris Pinto from Adullam. Uh, films that are just a phenomenal job putting this film together. There is so much little known history that comes out. I mean, going all the way back to the 1400s to the 1200s, all the way up to the founding of our nation and into to our nation. So much little known history is brought out in this film. I can't encourage people strongly enough to watch it or to get the DVD and watch it. It just came out about uh, three months ago, and um, it's now available for free to watch on hmm. Prime. So people who have Prime can watch it for free. Otherwise, you can get the DVD and watch it. It's getting stunning reviews everywhere. And I'll tell you, David, it's so needed right now. What's brought forth in this film is all the goodness that Christianity brought to proper government hmm. in Western civilization, hmm. something long lost on this generation. Yes. And something that needs to be taught men once again. This is a teaching film um, for what needs to be done today while it teaches you what good men did in the past. Oh, awesome. So the true Christian history of America, you said Amazon Prime. They can watch it for free. Do you know where else it might be available? Um. Well, I know if you go to Adellum Films, you can get it there, at, and um, you probably can get it through Amazon on DVD. And um, we have some available also um, through Missionaries to the Preborn, if people want to contact us there. Okay, great. So we will also link that, your site, as well as this um, uh, the link to the free viewing on Prime. We'll link that in today's podcast post at standupforthetruth.com. The True Christian Christian History of America. You said it's three hours long. Is there that much history that we've forgotten? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a student of history. I love history, and I was learning things and getting a clearer picture on things from watching this film. It is that well done. Many men I respect— who are well-read in history regarding these matters also um, couldn't say enough good about it, how pleased they were and how, how much this film teaches. Massively important. And everybody I've known who's watched it writes back to me and can't thank me enough for pointing them towards it. Okay. So, yeah, it's a great film. So I want to just ask one more question on this topic before we move on, Matt. Um, do you see one of the biggest problems in America, um, it, the education system and the lack of, or maybe even the church not teaching Christian children the true history, not only of the Bible, that it's true and it's not just a, a, a fable or a storybook that some kids in Sunday school hear about, but I'm talking about true education in the old I guess, meaning of the word. Is that one of the biggest problems that, that makes it necessary for a film or a documentary like this to be put out and, and the need for something like this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, not only have the churches 
by and large, not taught about these matters. Um, but Christian parents haven't either. Many Christian parents want to pawn their children off to the state to educate them, or they want to also pawn them off on the church to educate them. And uh, just to encourage the mothers and fathers out there, David, your importance in your child life is massive and huge. You must communicate with them. You must teach them um, the things that you teach them, both, you know, talking to them, showing them films, and um, how you live is massively (laughs) impacting upon their life more than anyone else on the planet. Mm. So don't allow this culture to make you feel that you're not as important as you really are because that culture is great at this. But um, at that, you are massively important. Take the education of your children to heart and make it your duty to see that they're educated properly. So, Matt, in an email to me, actually, I think it come out in your newsletter, um, I see that you have been censored on YouTube. Um, no surprise. Uh, we're all, a lot of us are dealing with the big tech censorship uh, that falls under maybe the umbrella of cancel culture. I, I've uh, interviewed at least a dozen pastors, ministry leaders, uh, Christians, nonprofits who are dealing with the same things. This is a very dangerous time. We're going to talk about the government in just a little bit. But we've kind of got a one-party media, big tech conglomerate that is really kind of lockstep with the government. And tell us a little bit about your experience and what was in that video that was censored on YouTube. Was it a sermon? Was it something else? Yeah, well, it was a sermon. It was a sermon entitled The Shot, because I didn't want to use the word vaccine, because it's not really a vaccine, number one. Number two, if you put up anything about a vaccine, you know it's probably going to get knocked down. (laughs) So I put up The Shot and the Tyranny of Man was the title of my sermon. I've been telling people in our congregation for months, you know, make sure you do not get this quote-unquote vaccine. And I felt I had a duty as a churchman to preach a sermon about it. And I finally did on Easter Sunday, I believe it was. Um, about a month ago. And um, so, yeah, it got up to about 5,000 views. I had watched YouTube knock down the count number, <laughs> hundreds of views at a time. Wow. A couple times. And then <clears throat> finally, they just removed it altogether. You know, they didn't want it to hit that new algorithm level of 5,000. It gets exposed to a lot more people. And um, so, the truth of the matter is I found it now because people took it and put it on other platforms. It has at least 30,000 listens, 30,000 views and other areas. If people want to hear the sermon, um, they can go to sermonaudio.com and um, just hit the speaker button, put in my name, Matthew Chuella, and um, you know you can see the sermon there, and you can listen to it at sermonaudio.com. So so it's it's called The Shot? I saw David... Yeah, it's called The Shot and the Tyranny of Man. Okay, The Shot and the Tyranny. But this is something I saw 20 years ago. We do a lot of ministry out on the campuses, Hmm. and the young people there, totally for censorship. Like their argument, you know, you're supposed to, it's supposed to be the marketplace of ideas, the university, you know, and you're supposed to learn to defend your positions. Well, a whole new thing had come on the scene, where you didn't defend your position, you just told someone, I'm offended, by what you just said. Mm. Like, that's an argument. <laughs> it's not an argument. Right. So you're offended. Big deal. <laughs> you know, grow up. You know, watch a John Wayne movie or something, right? And uh, <laughs> so I, I was like, I could see where this was going because I would actually get invited 
to university councils, student councils, where they would debate me or try to re-educate me how wrong I was and how hateful I was for presenting the gospel, you know, to say someone's a sinner, <laughs> you know, is absolutely evil, you know, mm. to say that someone's lifestyle is wrong, who are you, and all that kind of thing. And I knew when they got to positions of authority and influence within the marketplace and within government, they were going to bring that whole, you know, censorship mentality with them. And they have. And that's what we have with the big tech guys. Mm. These are all younger men who are um, making sure that no one can say what they don't want them to say. They do everything they can in their algorithms. They do outright censorship. Mm. Um to silence voices that they don't like. They don't want to have to deal. They want to paint their narrative of life, their worldview, and they want to remove any other voices from challenging their worldview. So we're seeing the fruit of what was birthed on the universities literally 20 years ago. We're now seeing it in everyday life. I would probably even go further than that more than 20 years ago, right? Because, I mean, this had to um, be... be first of all, put out there like propaganda and then spread. And then a generation pretty much was convinced that, okay, now you're right. You were exactly right. You just say, I'm offended or I don't like what you're saying. And they can shut you down without any argument whatsoever. This is part of the woke or the cancel culture or what we're seeing now. And you're right. It is this this mind that can no longer reason, that can no longer take both sides of an issue and critically think. And so we're in a very dangerous time. Um, boy, there's so many directions I could go here, Matt, but I, I do want to get to this has caused um, a lot of lawlessness. And it's caused, for example, let's just talk about this pastor up in Canada. Um, since you mentioned the shot, you mentioned your, your sermon, and I want to look for that and put that link up, the shot and the tyranny of man. Um, first of all, did, before we get to this pastor, the Canadian pastor, did you ever think that we would be in, in America where they would actually have to promote and um, market, a lot of marketing for a, a pandemic or a health issue or a treatment, whether that be masks or vaccination or shaming people for not doing a certain thing. It seems like real pandemics don't need marketing campaigns and endless propaganda. What are your thoughts on what we're seeing in the media, in primetime <clears throat> television, commercials on TV? I see billboards, get the shot, save lives, or get vaccinated, however they word it. Just your thoughts on that before we get to this uh, pastor in Canada, Matt. Yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, this whole thing of a propagandized pandemic, that's exactly what this is. And I'm just astounded how many people have bought into this thing over the last 14 months and counting and how many still do. And it is totally pushed by the media, both the news medias, the entertainment medias. It's pushed by the businessmen, mm. of course, pushed by the lawyers, you know, and government officials. I'm down the line and churchmen. So many churchmen have taught their people to follow this nonsense. I've talked to numerous people who have, um, you know, they go to Bible-believing churches, and they're actually promoting getting the vaccine there. Um, J.D. Greer, who heads up the Southern Baptist Convention, largest partisan um, denomination in America, you know, put out there about him getting the shot and how important it is for everybody to get the shot. 
on down the line. So it's totally propagandized. Mm-hmm. That right there should give you alarm. Yes. Why are they trying? Why is they? Why are? Why are they? They the elitists, you know, the upper crust, all trying to convince me to get this. And I've heard from so many people since I've preached this sermon, the shot and the tyranny of man, where their employers, you know, offering them five hundred dollars, seven hundred and fifty dollars, twelve hundred dollars if they'll get the vaccine because they want 100 percent compliance in their workplace. Mm. And of course, we know the Biden administration has declared that they're going to use the private sector in order to push um, vaccine um, vaccine passports. Yeah, because so I've told people this when this all started last March, it looks like what they're heading us all to is to all get a vaccine Mm. in the whole world. And it's not like the government's going to come up and um, force a vaccine into your arm. What they'll do is they'll use the private sector. You won't shop. You won't work. You won't travel. Um, none of these things will be available to you. You'll become a second-class citizen if you do not get the shot. Mm. And that is exactly how they're working it out. Back then, 14 months ago, I had people telling me, you don't love the elderly, and, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist and all this. Here it is now, yep. and yet people are still going along with this. It's alarming to see, and it's alarming to see how many churchmen are absolutely <clears throat> silent about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Absolutely silent about it, or are actually encouraging people to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we as Christians speak out and let people know no, don't get the vaccine. Um, you know, A, it's not even a vaccine, and that's another topic altogether. Yes. Well, we've talked about that. We, one of the best descriptions of it I think I've heard is um, experimental gene therapy. Would you add anything or change that in any way? No. No. I've, I've listened to numerous experts, professionals, people who are epidemiologists, Mayo Clinic, on down the line, who are warning people that this is not a vaccine and that it's something experimental and new. And by the way, under federal law, no one can make you get the vaccine because it wasn't approved by the FDA. Mm. So, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And by the way, just to, just to clarify the obvious, we are not denying that there's not a virus um, called COVID-19. We're not denying that there is not something that people you know, have caught or some have died from it. But the, the numbers have been padded. We've seen... I've had testimonies. People tell me my uncle or a relative or someone they know had a certain issue that caused them to die, but they were also diagnosed with COVID, but they they attributed his death, his or her death, to COVID-19 when it was a bunch of other problems. This is what we're seeing, and you don't do that unless you're tr- you have an agenda. Um, Pastor Matt, we've, we've, since we've only got a minute left, I don't want to open up this new topic of this Canadian pastor who we cheered last year for shouting at the authorities wanting to shut down his church, shouting at them to get out. (laughs) It was just wonderful. And the bad news is um, he was just arrested. So he was the Canadian pastor who told police to get out after holding a church service. He was arrested. Uh, We're going to talk about that when we come back with Pastor Matt Truella. DefyTyrants.com is one of the websites and Missionaries to the Preborn. We'll also talk about the doctrine of the lesser magistrates again for many of our newer listeners and people that need to be reminded what's important and who needs to stand in the gap. A whole lot more on Stand Up for the Truth 
in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Pastor Matt Truella, and now we're going to talk about the not surprising but very disappointing story of the pastor just up north, our northern neighbor in Canada. Um, You may remember a, a video that went viral last month. He was literally shouting at the police who showed up, uh, I believe it was Easter weekend, um, but he was arrested this past Saturday for violating COVID-19 limits on gatherings by a new draconian order. Of course, they're under, (laughs) so many people talk about Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, and I don't know. I don't know how people like that continue to be in power or get elected, but Matt, your thoughts. I know you were one that, that I remember, I believe in one of your sermons, you even played a clip of his telling the police to get out. I remember the words that he used. They have no jurisdiction. They're not welcome there. Um, They do not belong in the Church of God. So just share your thoughts on this new development. No, the pastor is simply doing what all the pastors should have been doing. Should. And that's opening their churches, not aiding and abetting the fiction that the government and other individuals are trying to, um, you know, bring upon the people, but rather telling them the truth. And, um, you know, not living in the fiction that they've created. And for that, he became targeted by the officials. And yes, you know, um, people should see um, the video he did. By the way, we make little two to four minute videos every week at our YouTube channel and our Gab channel for Defy Tyrants. So if you go to gab.com or you go to youtube.com, um, just put in Defy Tyrants. And you can go to our channel. And we did a little um, three-minute video about Pastor Arter Pulowski, um, who we're speaking of here, mm-hmm. who threw the officials out of his church when they barged in in the middle of a church service. And um, now they've arrested him. They uh, um, followed him and arrested him out on a freeway there in uh, Calgary. And... Um, you know, this is the importance of understanding the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. Yes. And more than ever, we need to teach our government officials, all the way down to our police officers, mm-hmm. that you just don't obey someone who tells you to do something who's above you. Um, even in the military to this day, they still teach the soldiers that if an unlawful command is given, you don't obey it. And that thinking has been lost on most people. They just unquestioningly do whatever the authority above them tells them to do, mm-hmm. even when it's wrong. Those days are coming to an end, David. People yes. are going to have to realize, they're going to have to think and decide who's saying the right thing here, this authority or that authority, or does God's authority override everything that they are saying? Those types of questions are important. And the doctrine of the lesser magistrate brings that to the fore for magistrates, you know, county officials, state officials, um, federal officials, uh, local officials, even all the way down to police officers. Um, Because when the higher ranking civil authority makes an unjust or unlawful order or law or policy, the lesser ranking civil authority has both the God-given right and duty not to obey and, if necessary, actively resist what the superior authority is saying. That is their duty in the sight of Christ. Mm. So that's what we've been teaching people through the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. 
the book is just flying off the shelves. It has been astounding. There's over 50,000 copies sold now. Praise um, God. It's just amazing. I do interviews, three or four interviews a week. Um, uh, there's Bible, people doing Bible studies now, teaching this doctrine because it's found in the Word of God mm -hmm. and throughout history, um, all across the country. I, I get reports, people are, yeah, we're learning about this doctrine in our Bible study. And then um, political gatherings, small political gatherings in houses and smaller groups, 150, 250 people, all going through the doctrine of lesser magistrate. And I'll tell you, David, that whole thing that happened with the fraud and the stealing of the election. Yep. Yeah, that was something that um, wicked men meant for evil. But what I've seen, David, is God using what they meant for evil for good. Because I've told people for years, you got to get your eyes off D.C. and start focusing on local, county, and state politics. Yes. But they would always be all dazzled by the <clears throat> next presidential election and on and on. For the first time, we see massive amounts of people who are involved now in county and local government and interested in even state government at this point, and their eyes are finally off D.C. They see what we have on our hands here, mm -hmm. and they understand people must begin to coalesce who think alike in geographical areas, whether that be a state, whether that be a county. So what they meant for evil, God's using for good in the teachings of Christianity. I hear from so many people, David, who aren't Christians, and they'll tell me straight up, I'm not a Christian. But what you're saying is right, and I love what you're saying. And what I see, David, is people mm. having this point of contact um, with Christianity where hopefully they'll come to know Christ. I've seen it with numerous people before in my life. This was their beginning point, seeing things deteriorate, the government acting lawlessly. A Christian churchman comes in and speaks from God's word regarding these matters of evil, of matters of resistance, proper resistance. And that was the point for them eventually coming to know Christ. That is the influence Christianity should have in the earth. And mm -hmm. it's exciting to see it taking place right now. I want to talk a little bit more about that and maybe even uh, review an op-ed that you wrote um, a couple months ago, uh, Three Beneficial Results of Interposition by Lesser Magistrates. But, but I want to share part of this article. Now this I'm reading from Harbinger's Daily, a great website, Harbinger's Daily about the pastor, uh, Pulowski, that was arrested. Mm -hmm. There's a statement that they put out, Matt, and I can kind of see this coming from um, blue state governors or others in America, this kind of wording. Calgary police said it's important to understand that law enforcement recognizes people's desire to participate in faith-based gatherings as well as the right to protest. However... We find ourselves in the midst of a global pandemic. We all must comply with public health <laughs> orders in order to ensure everyone's safety and well-being. Ooh, a little, little uh, guilt-shaming or virtue signaling at the end of that, coming from the police in Calgary. And then uh, just some re responses to this sad uh, development of this pastor being arrested. It, uh, one person said, "We what we have." What have we come to when Alberta, once known as the freest province in Canada, now routinely prosecutes and jails Christian pastors? I don't know of anywhere else in the free world that has that disgraceful distinction. 
And then another person said, this is the second Christian pastor jailed in Alberta. The first was Pastor James Coates of Grace Life Church. Uh, Where do you see this going, uh, Pastor Matt, unless there is enough interposition? Yeah, well, it's widespread. It's not just there, you know, over in Toronto three weeks ago in Ontario province. Um, uh, Dr. Joe Boots' church was invaded by a SWAT team during the church service. Tickets were handed out to people. Um, the church service was upended. Um, so this is across Canada. Mm. And I think um, what we've seen in countries where um, the state has been heavier handed, like you can see it in Africa, you can see it in places like Australia, England, Canada. One of the things you always notice about that, David, is that they seem to be far more heavy handed with in the countries where the people are disarmed. Mm. They're not that as heavy-handed here, although there's been awful things that have gone on in this country too, not to the extent in these other countries. And I believe the difference has been the fact that we have an armed citizenry, which of course one of the three reasons our founders said they wanted us to have an armed citizenry was to act as a check against our own government when it acts lawlessly or tyrannically. And so... I believe it's having that effect upon our government right now so that they don't do to us what's being done there in Canada. Mm. Um, right now, every churchman in Canada should open up their church and just meet to stand with these churchmen who've been ticketed, who've been literally arrested, who've been put in jail, who, in one case, the church has been fenced off, so mm-hmm. they can't even enter the building. Yeah. Um, James Coates, um, Pastor James Coates, church fenced off. And um, by the way, they had just received a shipment of my books up there, which they were getting out to people on the Doctrine of Lesser Magistrate, and they had just arrived at the church the day before, so now the government has them. And uh, I hope they read them. (laughs) That's what I hope. So um, are you saying they intercepted your books? Yeah, the books are in the church, which they can't even get into their own church building. Totally wow. fenced off, haven't been able to get in there for the last month. Wow. Um, it's insanity what's going on up there. It's like communist China. Mm-hmm. And um, so the churchmen and Christians should all rally with these pastors. Yes. Um, but, of course, you know that that isn't going to happen because we have a form of Christianity that, unfortunately, will do just about anything or seems to be willing to do anything to accommodate themselves to the state, to justify in their own minds going along with it. It really is a whoredom. It's, a, it's having allegiance to the state rather than to Christ. It's an awful thing to watch. Wow. But I believe, you know, this is all part of the judgment of God. Yeah. And our nation, Canada, the West, is deserving of his just judgment because of our sins, because of our rebellion against him. And the form of Christianity that we have in the West has long been a whore and has not properly served Christ in the earth and been true to him. It's a form of Christianity which is incapable of reforming itself, of repenting. And God always raises up the tyrants in order to um, judge his people. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord Mm. in order to produce within us repentance, to produce within us reformation. And that's clearly what's happening. This soft form of, you know, baby Christianity that whines about men like the P- Pastor Pulowski and Pastor Coates, 
that's all coming to an end, David. Mm-hmm. And out of it is going to come a tougher, more biblical form of Christianity. Yes. Because it's the only, it's the most merciful thing God can do at this point, is bring his judgment in order to reform his bride to purify her. Mm. I like that. Bring his judgment in order to reform his bride to purify her. And I also like how you worded that the, the allegiance to the state rather than to Christ. That's what we are seeing. Uh, speaking of the Reformation, you did a three-minute video on some of the history. Um, I, we, we, you and your wife, Clara, were over in the hills there surrounding the Wartburg Castle in Germany <laughs> yeah. uh, 2014, seven years ago. And you recently did a, a two- or three-minute video on the confession that saved the Reformation. Tell us about that, and I'm assuming that's on your YouTube channel as well. Yes, it is. Uh, share yeah, share with us that. you can go to Defy Tyrants, our Defy Tyrants channel, and it's there. Um, yeah, so last Tuesday, May 4th, was the 500th anniversary of the interposition of Frederick the Wise on the behalf of Martin Luther. Wow. Um, so Martin Luther had been found guilty, you know, of being a notorious heretic, which is a death sentence, but he was under the safe conduct of the emperor. So he had 21 days left in order to go back to Wittenberg under the um, emperor's protection. And, you know, the Catholic authorities didn't want uh, Emperor Charles V to let Luther go. They said, kill him now. And Charles V responded, I will not blush like Sigismund. And what he was referring to was Sigismund was the Holy Roman Emperor a hundred years before, who had given John Huss safe passage to the Council in Constance, Germany, and then instead of protecting him so he could state his views under safe conduct from the emperor, he listened to the Catholic authorities there and um, had him arrested and burnt at the stake. Hmm. So here it is a hundred years. That was such a black mark on Sigismund's record as an emperor, and it was. Many of the Catholics despised him for it. And that a hundred years later, here is Charles V responding to the Catholic authorities when they say, just kill Luther now, don't let him leave. I will not blush like Sigismund. Mm. So think of this, David, if it had not been for the inner, if it had not been for the martyrdom of John Huss, Martin Luther very well might have been killed in 1521. So, anyways, Luther's on his way back to Wittenberg, where his family is, where he's a professor at the University of Wittenberg, and um, he was told by the emperor, by the way, that he was not allowed to preach on his on his way back to Wittenberg. Well, he preached anyway, <laughs> numerous times. <laughs> so, and when he was near Eisenach, Germany, he was abducted. It was a feigned kidnapping. It was done by a lesser magistrate, Frederick the Wise. He was the elector of Saxony. Um, understand, you know, the emperors at the top. Directly under him was were seven electors. One of them was Frederick the Wise, and part of his jurisdiction was Wittenberg. Hmm. He is the one who had Luther abducted, put him in the castle of Wartburg there near Eisenach, and no one knew if Luther was alive or dead for nearly a year. And during that time, Luther translated the New Testament into the German language, giving the German people who had hundreds of dialects their first unified language. Wow. So this was the interposition of the lesser magistrate, a perfect example of the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, 
Um, and it had a huge impact on Magdeburg, Germany, 30 years later um, after Luther died, because one of the men who was traveling with Luther, he had two friends traveling with him, one of those friends was Nicholas von Amsdorf. And Nicholas von Amsdorf saw the interposition of the lesser magistrate, talking about Frederick the Wise there in 1521. And in 1550, he's the first signer of the Magdeburg Confession, hmm. which the churchmen of Magdeburg published in order to show that their magistrates were right to defy Charles V, who was trying to crush the Protestant Reformation. Wow, fascinating history. That's all 500 years ago. Yes. <laughs> Last Tuesday. Wow, and, and I'll link to that video too. It's very short, and they can watch that and see the castle in the background. Um, I think we just have two minutes left, and I do want to get into the doctrine of lesser magistrates for some of our newer listeners, but I'm, I just happened to be wearing a T-shirt. I didn't really plan this um, from defytyrants.com. It says, God's law still reigns. And Pastor Matt, I think this is one of the underlying problems in that we have forgotten that our Constitution is based on the laws of God and that his law still reigns. So we don't look at our government and the, the authorities that we have that we've submitted to almost blindly at times. We don't look at it in the right context. So we'll talk about that when we come back and get into the doctrine of lesser magistrates, as we have talked about this before on this podcast, but I think it's such an important issue, and uh, rightly so, the book is flying off the shelves, and you can pick that up. What's the best place people can get the doctrine of the lesser magistrates book? I always encourage them to go to our website, defytyrants.com, because we send out some extra materials with the book. You don't just get the book itself. Like You can go to Amazon if that's more convenient for you and get it there. Um, but you'll just get the book there. So, yeah, if you go to defytyrants.com, um, we'll get the book off to you within a few days after we get your order. Sounds good. Well, let's go to break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, what's in the book and just some general things we're seeing now and how, how these lesser magistrates could be more effectively standing in the gap and resisting what we're seeing as tyranny. More with Pastor Matt Truella, defytyrants.com. In just a minute on Standard for the Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Pastor Matt Truella. On the, the cover his, of his book, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates, it is Matthew J. Truella. So we're getting official here, Matt. Um, so put your, put your author hat on. And let's talk about this doctrine that's very important about the, the fact that God's law still reigns. That is our authority, and that was the authority that our founders used in their writings, including the Constitution. So let's go back to some very basics and take it from there. Go ahead. Yes. Well, that's an important matter to understand, is that the um, objective standard by which all men and all governments of men are held accountable is the law of God. The objective standard of what is right, what is wrong, is the law of God. It was this way for Western man for well over 1,500 years. It didn't matter if you read Alfred the Great in the 9th century, John of Salisbury in the 12th century, or William Blackstone, the most cited legal scholar by America's founders in the 18th century. They all declared the law of God to be the higher law, 
to which all men and all governments of men were accountable. So this wasn't political theory. This was political reality. And unfortunately, that's all been thrown under the bus now. The law of God has been thrown under the bus, not only by the state, which likes to throw it under the bus, because then they can make law and policy out of mere thin air, out of mere whim. Um, But it's also been thrown under the bus by the church itself. Mm. It's devastating effects upon our culture. So um, even that documentary that we talked about at the very beginning of this show, The True History uh, the true history of Christian history, Christian history yes. of America. Yes. Um, that documentary goes into this, how the law of God was the objective standard and the importance that it played in pillaring good law and government within Western civilization. And also, not that everything was perfect, because anything man's involved in is never perfect, right. but the law of God provided a place to call men to repentance, to call men to reform when they were going against the law or word of God. That's an important thing. Once that objective standard is removed, the state's free to do whatever it wants. There's no People don't even know tyranny's going on because the objective standard's been removed. Mm. That's how important that aspect. I have libertarian friends, David, and they love my book, except that one chapter on the <laughs> law of God being the objective standard. Mm. And I tell them, I say, well, if Listen, if that is the linchpin of the whole doctrine, if you remove that, then it collapses on itself because if divine law isn't the objective standard, then who or what is the objective standard? You, me, the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. you, know, you see where you end up? So it's massively important that we understand how important the law of God is in this matter um, because much of 20... 20th century and 21st century evangelicalism did everything they could to um, belittle and undermine the importance of the law of God in the lives of men and in the lives of a nation. Um, Matt, we are looking at your book, and more people are buying it this year and last year probably than, than— what year did it come out, by the way? It came out in 2013. Okay. Sold about 10 copies a month for like two years. <laughs> and then, then began to grow from there. Well, well, I'm, I'm sure you're looking at this as, uh, you know, Romans 8.28 here. All things work together for good. Now, the, the, because of the Amen. virus and because of the tyrannical moves by a lot of our uh, governing, our officials, our authorities, your book is flying off the shelves because people are needing to be reeducated. Some of them never learned it to begin with. Uh, especially in the last many three decades plus in the public schools. People don't know this, and even in our churches. And that's the sad point, too, I think, if you want to elaborate a little bit on that. The problem with our own churches being confused about this, looking to the state, looking to our government and our our laws on the books, and not looking to God's law trumping anything else that they could do. Would you explain that a little bit? Yeah, no, you're exactly right about that. The church has not been well thought out on these matters at all. And like in my book, I have a 14-page appendix on Romans 13, where I take to task the whole mentality of we're always to obey the civil authorities. Hmm. And um, when you, um, this is just boilerplate Christian theology that churchmen have taught since the beginning of Christianity, and yet, when you present that understanding to people 
of Romans 13, the proper rendering, they're astounded. They've never encountered it. They've never thought, but they see the truth of it immediately. So, yeah, the church has not been, has not put the time they should have into these things. Of course, we've been soft. Things have been good. Yeah. There's been plenty of prosperity and ease. Yeah. And that undoes men. <laughs> so yes. it's, um, it's all changing now, and it's changing rapidly, where I see overwhelmingly so um, churchmen and especially the Christian individuals um, have a huge interest in these matters, coming to understand them and to know what is our proper response, what is our duty in the sight of God regarding these matters when we see this lawlessness, this evil being promulgated mm-hmm. by government officials in the earth. So the book addresses all that, how to properly respond to the tyranny of the magistrates and what our duty is as Christians in that regard. Um, it's a great starting point. There's plenty more to read, of course, you know, um, but it's um, it does a pretty really good job of um, helping people along that way, and I think that's why the book's done so well. So the authority of all magistrates, um, th- that all magistrates possess, is delegated to them by God. Therefore, they have a duty to govern according to God's law. But let me ask you this. If they are not Christians and don't respect God's law or believe in God's law, that doesn't change their duty, but they don't recognize it, so they're probably not going to govern according to his rule, correct? Yeah, and that's why we as Christians have a duty to explain to them what the duty of their office is in the sight of God. And the truth is, David, for all of Christianity, you see the churchmen understood their duty to speak to the magistrates and instruct them from the Word of God what is the function, role, and limits of their civil office. Hmm. But over the last 150 years, the Church has completely retreated from civil government realm with dire and awful consequences for our nation, and therefore we now have people in office who don't care about what God would think about their governance, and even all of the ones who name the name of Christ have no idea, David, how to govern differently than their secular colleagues, mm. because their pulpits have never taught them anything wow. regarding what good governance looks like, mm. what their proper role, function, and limits are in the sight of God regarding their office. So it's massively important that we have mission to the magistrates, is what I call it, mm-hmm. and that we bring to them Uh, the Word of God, and instruct them what their duty is. And that's one of the goodnesses about the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. It's rubber meets the road. Mm. It's something that needs—it's not just theory, it's something that needs to be done now, like with everything with the Republicans, you know, politicizing and funding this fiction, Yes, this whole pandemic nonsense. Their duty was to just stop it, just like their duty was to stop the murder of the preborn here in Wisconsin— not hide behind the skirt of the court and say, oh, we just have to obey the civil, the Supreme Court is ruled. No, their duty is to stop the evil. So when you understand these things and you go to the magistrates, then they get an understanding of what their duty is in a very practical way. It's not just theory. It's something that needs to be applied immediately. Mm-hmm. So this is an important thing to learn, and it's important for us as Christian people to once again engage the magistrates and declare to them, the law and word of God regarding the duties of their office. 
So this has been a problem for so long, uh, Pastor Matt, and, and people are not recognizing. Going back to 73, um, Roe v. Wade was legalized, the, the legalized slaughter of preborn babies, human lives in mothers' wombs. And then, of course, with 2015, they, quote, legalized same-sex marriage. But, but, but we all know, we recognize, and most of our listeners, uh, they know that, what, that man's law cannot trump God's law. So what do Christians do, even in the case today, when you've got these laws and, and they're on our you know, books, so to speak, in America, the Supreme Court, or what have you? And we, how do you resist these laws um, and not, I mean, th- this is the worst case scenario is some sort of a civil war, but, you know, civil disobedience or whatever. But these laws are not, uh, they are going against God's law, and yet we've tolerated them for so long. How can Christians respond at this point? Yeah, again, in regarding the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, they have to engage their magistrates and explain to them their duty. This is the role of the people, that when evil is being done, that they prod their magistrates to withstand the evil, to not join in the rebellion against God of the superior authority, but rather to stand in interposition and defy the superior authority and stop the evil in the land. And that's exactly what our state authorities should do. Hmm. It's what our state authorities did here in Wisconsin regarding slavery times with the Federal Fugitive Slave Act. Mm -hmm. Our legislature, our Supreme Court here in Wisconsin, both the judiciary and the legislative branches of our government stood in open defiance of the Federal Fugitive Slave Act. We have plaques around the state commemorating that. That is their duty today regarding the pre-born. They have a duty to stop the killing. Um, And um, uh, the executive branch is important, too. We need to see a, a good man get in office who is going to wield his office properly, uphold the laws of Wisconsin, mm-hmm. which 94004 is still on the books, declaring abortion to be murder and the preborn to be a human being from the moment of conception. Yes. Um, and that is an important thing to see a man get in office who's going to do his duty and stand in a position against the lawless court opinion by the Supreme Court. This matter, David, is important because our founders established a true federalism. And in a true federalism, you have multiple levels of government, multiple branches at each level. Our founders wanted it that way because they had a biblical view of the nature of man, Mm -hmm. that he's wicked and in need of a savior. And so they didn't want power to rest in one man. That's why they threw off a monarchy. They didn't want it to rest in a handful of men's hands like an oligarchy, That's which right. is what the Supreme Court has become. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely important the other branches do their duty and check the Supreme Court, protect the preborn. Mm. Amen. What about citizens? What, what can we do? If Obviously, e- elect the right representatives, but uh, how can we put pressure on them? Yeah, well, you have to meet with them. You have to communicate with them. You have to demand of them to do their duty in that regard. Yeah, and you can go down to the death camp, and you know, and you can speak up for these little ones as they're being dragged to slaughter. Mm-hmm. Offer help to the moms, speak truth to the dads and the moms. Um, massively important to do. So I believe we should do those things, but I believe also we must engage the magistrates and demand that they do their duty. Mm-hmm. And our role is to assure them that we will stand with them if they do their duty that we will stand with our persons, with our property, 
with our prayers, publicly and privately, we will do so. Um, you must rally with your magistrates. They're not going to do it um, if you don't. And you have to be, um, you have a lot to overcome because most of the pro-life, pro-family groups still want everybody to sit around and wait another 50 years while they try to undo Roe v. Wade through the tyrant themselves, namely the Supreme Court. That is other nonsense. Yeah. What we need to do is demand of our state officials that they do their duty and protect these innocent ones who are being slaughtered. Amen. Uh, for more information, friends, on the missionaries to the preborn, the doctrine of the lesser magistrates, the true Christian history of America, the documentary mentioned, and other videos that Matt has put out, please go to standupforthetruth.com in the blog post today. But uh, Matt, the best way to get a hold of you is at defytyrants.com? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, your message and your wisdom in this is so needed and so important. So we're, uh, we really appreciate your voice, brother. God bless you and keep fighting the good fight of faith. God bless you, David. All right. Thank, thank you. you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. When we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of this week. Keep it right here. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. So you can always go to our website, StandUpForTheTruth.com, look at upcoming. Our guest calendar is there. There are some things that are uh, incorrect. Tomorrow we are having William Cook, the Black Robed Regiment in Virginia. You're going to want to hear this guy. has been involved with this for decades, Reverend William Cook. Also... Uh, Wednesday, there's a correction. It's not Rick Scarbo. It is going to be Pastor Steve Smotherman, a brand new podcast. That's going to be Wednesday morning. And Thursday, from the Family Research Council, General William Boykin will be our guest. Friday, Todd Friel of Wretched Radio. And so thank you guys so much. Again, we appreciate you sharing us on social media. That really helps. And, of course, your prayers more than anything. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.